From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Freeman Report with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report. My name is James Freeman. I'm a former member of the European Parliament and this is my weekday show where I break down the big issues of our time in our fight for freedom, liberty and justice. It is Wednesday the 6th of December 2023 and on today's show I'll be joined by June Slater for our weekly discussion about a selection of stories in the news. And then in the second half of the show, Kelvin from Counterspin Media will be joining me and June live from New Zealand. Um, Kelvin has been working right at the heart of the story around New Zealand. He's been working with the whistleblower and Liz Gunn to ensure the story made it out to the world. Now, I've known Kelvin for some time as we're both members of the United Free Press. Um, Counterspin Media, along with Liz Gunn, were the journalists who broke the story earlier this year about the couple who were refusing vaccinated blood for their baby who required an operation. In the end, the authorities seized the baby against the parents' wishes and went ahead with the operation without the consent of the parents. It was a pretty despicable act as the parents had sourced unvaccinated blood from a reputable source. But in the end, the authorities deemed that allowing them to use unvaccinated blood would be an acceptance that there is something wrong with the COVID injections. And so they violated the family unit and seized the child. So Kelvin um, and Hannah that make up Counterspin Media, um, they are, you know, they they have broken um, world stories before. They do also have a regular slot on Infowars with Alex Jones. And I can tell you, Kelvin doesn't mess about. Um, as you can see um, in the photo that I used on X to advertise today's show. Now, I'm not sure what the situation in the photo is. I'm sure Calvin will tell us that in a bit. But the photo shows him facing off to a line of very mean looking police with very big guns. Um, Calvin is standing there just two feet away from the lineup, staring at them. <laughs> Absolute gold. Um, if you haven't seen it, get yourself over to X. It's on my, um, it'll be at the top of my news feed there. So make sure you stay tuned to hear what Calvin has to say about the data, the whistleblower and the leaked data. In terms of the news stories that we'll talk about today, I will pick up with June. The first is Liz Trust is putting forward a private member's bill today to push back against the woke ideology in schools. Now, for me, it's far too little too late. I mean, how have we ended up with schools being taught that men can have periods and that women can have penises um, and the other way around? How has this been allowed to happen in the first place, given the fact that it goes against the Education Act? It's actually against UK law already. And yet here we are. Um unisex toilets in secondary schools where boys are taking photos of girls in the cubicles what idiot thought that would be a good idea girls going through puberty with all of the issues they have to deal with and not having safe spaces in schools how have we ended up here for me 
It's just another example of how our politicians don't give a shit about the issues that really matter to people. Then we've got a story from The Times this morning about how 90% of women trying to get pregnant are lacking the nutrients they need because of this move towards veganism and eating plants. Um, I've invited the professor who published the research on the show, so hopefully we'll get him on next week. But this all ties in with um, the COP28 pledge from 134 nations to transform our food systems to protect us against climate change. <sighs> because we all know what they want us to eat, right? You will eat the bugs. Um, this pledge is all about the destruction destruction, excuse me, of our current farming systems and the food we eat, a move away from eating natural foods towards eating fake meats and factory produced highly processed foods. The truth is humans are not supposed to be eating that crap. It is bad for our health and also puts the elite in control of everything we consume. As instead of eating whole foods from the land and animals, they will control the things we eat from factories and labs. Now, the good news is Italy has banned fake meat and it's really important. So therefore that we all push back against this power grab over our food systems, which is being driven by the World Economic Forum, the corporations and special interest billionaires, all to control us and for profit. The third story today is about Nigel Farage, and I'm really not interested about what is going on in the jungle. But I find it curious that just at the time Reform UK is stealing lots of votes from the Tories in the polls. I think they're running at around 12, 13 percent, which is equivalent to the UKIP days. Um, they're above the Lib Dems. So they are a real threat. Just as that is happening, the British establishment is providing a platform for Farage. Um, who is the real threat to them, not Richard Tice. So what is going on? The British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has said Farage is welcome in the party. So is inviting Farage into the party seen as the only way to save the Tory party? Or is something else going on? For example, is this a big old bear trap for Farage? That wouldn't surprise me one bit, given how the Tories operate, because as I found out while well, being an MEP um, when I was out in Brussels, they are a bunch of ruthless, backstabbing elites who care nothing for the country. Their only interest is in staying in power, which I guess is why they are one of the most successful political parties in the world in terms of how long they've been in power. So could we see a Prime Minister Farage? I know June has some pretty strong thoughts on this and they're not good. So stay tuned for all of that in a minute. In terms of the conversation with Kelvin, um, I want to discuss the whistleblower and the evidence that is now being undermined um, from certain quarters. And as I announced I would do earlier in the week, I contacted James Roguski and he has agreed to get up at three o'clock in the morning uh, to join us live from California on Friday to give us an update on the WHO, the pandemic accord and the international health regulations. What is really going on with those three countries that we're told have announced they will not sign up to the accord or update 
the OHR. As always, if you want to get in touch, email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation, get yourself over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon. My name is James Freeman, and this is the Freeman Report for TNT Radio. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good morning, Jemsey. How you doing? Good morning, James. Now, I know I've given you my family nickname and Jemsey, and you're the only one on TNT who's allowed to call me that, but I only feel it's fair, James, that you give me one in return so I can do tit for tat when the mood takes me. <laughs> okay, I'll think about that. We don't want to call it. It's not um, Jemsey and Jamesy. That would be a bit cheesy, wouldn't it? So I'll, I'll put some, th- that's not my nickname, by the way, um, but I'll, I'll put some thought into that. I don't want to give you the one... <laughs> my wife sometimes called me but anyway yeah we'll pick that up later Gem, Gemma the mind, bo- the mind boggles with that one well, I'm sure your wife it's definitely you Gemma now things. not Gemsy <laughs> <laughs> well the mind boggles at that I'm sure your wife calls you a lot of things James I don't want to get involved into any domestics here but I, I only feel it's fair we're all about fairness aren't we here at TNT um so absolutely. today absolutely today um the story I'm bringing to the table is the one that's broken in the last hour here in the UK, and that is that Boris Johnson has finally taken the evidence stand at the UK COVID inquiry, if we can call it an inquiry. We have had a few gems come out of it in the last couple of weeks or week or so, as you well know. You know, we had the head of the UK Health Safety Agency saying, admitting that masks were completely ineffective. That's gone on the record. Um, and we've had we've had the usual mantra as well, as well though, uh, from the chief scientific and chief medical officers about lockdowns probably should have happened sooner. Uh, this morning here in the UK, it's interesting, um, Boris Johnson, as we kind of knew because of leaks to the UK mainstream media over the weekend, he has apologised for what he describes as pain and suffering that he caused over the last three and a half years. And I just wondered if he was extending that apology to people like us, people that lost friends and uh, relatives uh, in terms of the differences of opinion, people that lost huge social media accounts where they were making an income, and people that lost jobs as well, just for speaking out against the narrative that he was peddling, he and his government. I wonder if that apology is extending to us. I would like to hope so. Um, It's a funny one because in one breath, he's already said at this inquiry that he didn't want to lock down too early. Uh, But then in the next breath, he says he's defending lockdowns and he's calling them very important. So I wonder if we will eventually hear the mantra of we should have locked down harder, we should have locked down sooner, which does seem to be coming out of this inquiry. Matt Hancock said that, what that's worth. Um, I wonder if that is the message that will be coming out. Excess deaths have been mentioned. This is interesting. Already, he's clashed with uh, one of the council about excess deaths, which they've taken right up until February 2023. So we all know what excess deaths they mean. Uh, The vaccine hasn't been mentioned in terms of excess deaths. The jab hasn't been mentioned. They're talking about the first year response to COVID. They're saying that's what's contributed to the excess deaths over that three-year period. I think us here at TNT would disagree. The other thing that's very interesting this morning here in the UK, since he took the stand, is that Baroness Hallett, who's chairing the inquiry, um, has had to warn people in there who've stood up and started protesting quite vociferously at Johnson's evidence. She's warning people, anyone anyone disrupting the proceedings here will be removed. Now, I hope and I pray 
that the people disrupting the proceedings are one of us. You know, it's a TNT listener who's managed to get in. It's someone who really knows the truth of the last three and a half years. And it's someone who's going to stand up and call this out if they even get heard. Um, she's being very strict. She's saying any more disruptions, that's it. You're out. Security will take you out. I hope it's one of us. I hope our voice gets heard in there, even for a split second. Um, and I'm very interested to see what the rest of the day brings with Johnson on the stand. And we can report back here on TNT tomorrow. Yeah. Do you know what I want to know, um, Gemma? What? I want to know. <laughs> I had my tinfoil hat on um, the other night and um, it was picking up. And the radar of the top was spinning round. I want to know if Boris Johnson really was ill with COVID and if he really did end up in um, in, in intensive care because my little radar was picking up that it was nothing of the sort. Um, the whole thing around that is totally fishy. Um, even the um, you know the the nurses that um, looked after him, um, apparently they're not in the UK or she's not in the UK anymore. Um, that whole incident, I remember at the time just thinking this just doesn't add up and then of course we saw exactly the same happen with trump and that was weird as well you know he was um in hospital again you know he might die it's really serious and all that um and yet two days later he's doing laps of the um the white house um waving from his car it just doesn't add up none of it um so that's what i want to know um from the COVID inquiry also i want to know the origin of covid um we all know it was in a lab right but um and we know who funded it um but i want to know more about that um i want to know if it really is a bioweapon um and also this excess deaths i mean what an absolute joke the fact that they've mentioned them but they're only going to talk about the covid period because you know the excess deaths we're seeing over the last 18 months or so which are persistent not just in the uk but across all countries that had an eye high uptake of the vaccine um it, you know and the distribution of ages of people affected covers all ages so we're seeing people in their 20s 30s um dying of heart attacks and strokes the kind of illnesses that we don't normally see in that cohort of people what's causing that i mean you know even if they want to argue it's covid you know it's the after effects of covid okay well let's look at that um but just ignoring it is not good enough and you know and as i said yesterday it's not up for up, it shouldn't be up to journalists like me and kelvin and that whistleblower in new zealand to try and figure this out governments have got the data they should be releasing it anonymizing it and then releasing it so that we can find out and the big question is the same as yesterday why are they not doing that because the longer that goes on it suggests that something isn't right um obviously we know um or we have our strong um thoughts on what is causing that it might not all be down to the jabs by the way because you know the lockdowns did um affect people's health it did cause an awful lot of chaos but i'm as sure as i can be that um, a, a significant proportion of those XF deaths are being driven by the vaccines 
Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting that they are ignoring that fact and only concentrating on the first year of the COVID response and calling those the excess deaths. That's the reason it's so many excess deaths. They're not looking at it at all. Similarly, when Michael Gove said last week when he gave evidence, he said um, we have to consider the fact that this was a man-made uh, bioweapon and, that, and the lead of the council said that's too divisive. We're not going to go there, Which is, but it's exactly the line of inquiry they should be taking. So it's interesting now you've got, you know, the then Prime Minister of the UK, he's taken the stand. Where this evidence goes, he's due to give evidence for two days. He will have been heavily briefed. It will be heavily scripted. It will be stick to this, stick to that. But yeah, if did he get COVID? He made a remarkable recovery for somebody who's very unfit and very overweight, as did Donald Trump, who's in that the age group of people who are supposed to be most at risk. Something fishy. Or they did get it and it wasn't that dangerous and they made a full recovery. Either way, still, it's vindication for the last three and a half years if there's a deadly virus and we're all going to die, except if you're a world leader in the UK or the USA. It doesn't make no sense, does it? Yeah, and if I was a betting man, I would put a very large sum of money on the fact that... Um, that basically, you know, he was never um, seriously ill with COVID. That whole thing was a total sham. I mean, for somebody that was, you know, in intensive care, to be back out again and back to normal within a few days just doesn't smell right. Plus, you know, even the, you know, when they ferried him out of the um, of the intensive care, he was lying down. You couldn't even see him. Like I said, the fact that the you know the the nurses and doctors involved, they've never been allowed to talk. One of them um is over in a different country. I think she's done an interview, but you know, she's not in the country, so she can't be questioned. The whole thing um was a setup as far as I'm concerned. Right. Thank you very much, Jemzy. Um, we'll talk again tomorrow and I'll have that nickname for you then. <laughs> um, to the rest of you, don't go anywhere because after this short break, I'll be joined by June. Slater. So stay tuned with me, James Freeman, for TNT Radio. Pervoy Morich on TNT Radio. From June 2012, the BBC, Tony Blair ID cards needed to tackle illegal migrants. Uh, of course, that was 2012. Those ID cards today are is, is digital ID. And uh, Majid Nawaz, among others, he, he says, globalist surrogates pretending to be right, populist right-wing influencers against Muslims and immigration are leading you into a trap. It was these very same globalists who opened our borders as part of their plan after invading multiple countries in your name. And of course, it's the same false flag formula. They're creating the problem intentionally because they have a solution that they want for us. So, you know, they got the solution, which is, you know, dystopia. Uh, and then they figure out, okay, what problems can we create to, to get where we want to go? So we want this algorithm ghetto. How do we get it? Flood in illegal migrants get rid of law and order and the solution is going to be the algorithm ghetto and we're already seeing signs of that pervoy morich on today's news talk radio tnt when you can point me to an industry to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month virtually nine out of ten americans that's real that's substantive that's important and that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Right. Okay. Um, welcome back. Um, right. I'm going to head as usual straight over to June Slater. We've got a different backdrop today, but June is looking lovely as ever. So straight over to June for a monologue of the week. The good people, if you like bad people, the utopian dream of a world living in harmony on a plant-based diet where less is more, you have less and the good people have more. A world where property ownership is despised and stamped out as these good people are only doing all this to save the planet. Humans from the lower classes, which is anybody who doesn't go to Davos, simply use too much, eat too much and cost too much. So expansion of the population must be stopped. The good people have tried so hard to show us the way. Life is too expensive to live from one wage. Working parents don't have much time to make babies. Going to bed thinking about your debt is a passion killer, but it's still not enough. We've made it trendy to have dadless families where the state takes over the father figure and the woman sitting at home in social housing with her two kids to different dads uses social media to show the world how liberated she is. Her capped lifestyle is her prison cell. You gave us no choice, say the good people. Less is more. It's come to that. Less of you using the planet means more for us. The fourth industrial revolution as they call it, doesn't involve the growth of mankind. It simply grows technology at the cost of the honks, <coughs> which is the humans of no consequence. And they've escaped from the worker bee colonies and mentality. They've started their own small enterprises. They've had the audacity to turn their backs on huge corporation employers and provide goods and services from each other. The honks have misused the media too and the internet Instead of looking at pictures of cats stuck in Venetian blinds, they've taught themselves about healthy eating, how energy works, growing their own food without pesticides and a host of other things. They've even turned their back on the sacred big pharma. They've challenged the narrative. Thank God the good people own the media. But there's been a major setback. One of their own has decided to let them talk. A powerful man with clout, a billionaire, possibly and probably wants his own version of the Davos plan. He's built a powerful social media platform where dissenters can dissent. Liberation is encapsulation as people with varied perspectives can now talk and exchange ideas. His plan is to accommodate all our needs, a one-stop shop for banking, shopping and talking. Like prisoners meeting in the exercise yard, they're still incarcerated but free to plan. But the honks have made much more progress than anticipated. Those who see themselves as the good people, those worthy of all the planet has to offer, don't care how many lives are crushed. Their stooges are in place across the world. Without proper election, some even wear a crown. But they've moved too quickly. The health scam failed. Not all sleeves were rolled up. Not all got sick. Our safety was in numbers, something that good people lack and always will. They just don't have the numbers. There are signs all around of their failing. The turnout for the wonder drug dropped from 88% to just 3% with the booster. Lifelong medication uptake is down. No one's listening to their media drivel. The honks are creating their own media with millions following. They're incentivized believing in Armageddon-style predictions, which are being debunked every day by the honks. 
and the whistleblowers. They made a grab for the whole of humanity by using a fake pandemic with fake science and a fake solution. Fear overtook common sense initially. But as things calmed down and the reality cannot be faked, the wonder drug has brought its own health problems and they are growing by the day. Every side effect brings a new ally in this war of information. That the powerful cannot win. Truth is the truth and it's ours because it's all we ever used. Well done, Jane. Absolutely brilliant as usual. Now we'll we'll talk about this after the um the break in a moment. Um we can talk about COP and what's going on there. But I just want to go to the live chat here, too, because you've got some fans. Um Mark Parkinson says June looks like a 70s porn star. Um Nige says, Ooh, mate. That's from. a fan, is it? And- that's a fan, <laughs> is it? A 70s porn star. He must have a droopy tash, amongst other things that are probably drooping right now. If you're using porn, sweetheart, something's not functioning right at home. Change your I think wife. It's a compliment, June. He says, I don't think a 70s porn star's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Mark does go on um, to say, I can't get the cheesy music out of my head. There's a whole, um, I won't read them that's all out. But, um... What life are you living, James, to think that's a compliment? Dear God, that's an insult to say you look like a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> From the 70s, not even current. I can't be a current porn star because I haven't had my lips injected with 32 grams of collagen or whatever they're using no i can't be an up-to-date poster that is not a compliment james trust me imagine going in live chat and reading that out (laughs) june is a nice person that's a compliment mark mark says it's not droopy um and and and, then oh james from wales this is the last i'm only gonna say one more jones Jones prove from it. Prove It. No, Kinder don't prove winkle. it, Mark, please. Don't, don't, don't prove it. This is what we call them in Germany, Kinderwinkels, like the small child has. Only a small <laughs> one, so talk about it a lot. <laughs> well, Mark says, it definitely, Mark says it definitely is a compliment, so um, take that how you will, <laughs> June. But you've got lots of fans. I think the main thing is you've got lots of fans here in the um, in the live chat. Right, we're going to go to to the news headlines now. Um, And when we come back, we'll get back to the serious business of COP28. So stay tuned with me, James Freeman, and June Slater on TNT Radio. Big news. Big news. Big news. The biggest breaking news story. Holy crap. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The Speaker of the US House of Representatives has taken aim at the House Select Committee for what he says was a one-sided investigation into the January 6 attack on the Capitol. A visibly frustrated Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's taken aim at those who've condemned his country's bombing of civilians in Gaza. And Russian President Vladimir Putin was expected to travel to the Middle East in a rare overseas trip on Wednesday before meeting with Iran's President in Moscow upon his return. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, June, let's try and put a serious, serious face on this now. You don't have to put um, a serious face on it. You can stay light-hearted if you want. If he's trying to have a stab at humour to lighten things up, this is what I take home with me every night. I look at all the powerful people. I go down my list, the Rothschilds, the uh, Bilderberg people, all of them that are in their group, which is now the WEF, Prince Charles in particular, Camilla. Uh, 
And then I think to myself, they've got all this power and money. They couldn't buy a decent face between them, could they? <laughs> Imagine being that powerful. You have to go through life looking like Lord Rothschild. What a bummer. No amount of plastic surgery could alter that. Chinless wonders abound. I mean, they make me laugh. Because, I mean, Camilla, all right, he loves her and he's staying with her. I can't really give a toss what's going on with the royal family. They're just a bunch. Oh, I think we just lost June. So we'll try and get June um, back. Um, and while we're trying to get June back, um, I'm going to talk about the story we're going to talk about. So um, obviously we've got COP28 going on at the moment. And as it turns out, 130 nations signed a declaration which was released on the first day. And the declaration, and um, we've got June back now, um, the declaration, June um, at COP28, it was released on the first day, signed by 130 nations. And basically, the declaration is all about overhauling food systems to stop climate change um, and encouraging <laughs> changes in um, consumption. Um, now, the reason I'm talking about it is because there's also a story in the Times today, which says, um, and I've, I've invited the professor who did the, who published the research onto the show. But basically, it's that 90% of women at the moment trying to get pregnant um, are lacking lots of nutrition because of this move towards eating just plant-based diet and veganism. Um, go on, June. What do you think of this? Um, well, I've never tried to get deliberately pregnant, um, so I don't know how much your diet plays in that. What I always find amazing with things like this, they're starving in Africa. They don't get enough nutrition, that's for sure, and yet they can have huge families. So how does that work? How does that even correlate? If you're going to blame diet, how does that work? We live in the West with plenty of access to things like fresh fruit, fibre. Um, I'm not so sure I agree with it. I also think there's too much made about diet because if you look back to um, when we were poor in this country, when people had nine and ten kids because that was their old age pension, at least if you had ten kids, four would survive and there'd be somebody there to look after you. When you were older, they seemed to have plenty of children and they were surviving on potatoes, potatoes and bits of meat and fatty meat. So I'm not so sure they're right about this. I think there's a lot of hype about diet. I had a friend who died recently, 93. She baked cakes. She made her own chocolate. She worked for the W, you know, the WI. She was a women's institution woman. And she was plump right throughout her life. Nine, 92 when she died. So how do we work that one out? I think it's probably other things that affect getting pregnant. Stress, I think, would affect getting pregnant. People under pressure to achieve. Women have to be now superwoman. They have to have a career, a job, uh, and a cleaner. And uh, God forbid they even choose to stay at home and have their own kid and bring it up. I mean, that's just frowned upon and unaffordable. So if I was running this country, I'd forget about diet so much and I'd concentrate on making people's lifestyle more attractive to be at home and bring up your own family, to be with your children in those formative years rather than handing them over at two years old to a childminder because you've got to get your back in the sling to get the wage coming in to pay for the childcare. It's crackers. Oh, and then what we'll do, we'll bring some foreign workers in because they'll be cheaper than British people because they have to have a proper wage because they're paying all bills and paying all tax. So this is where we're running our country ass about it. Put wages up, give people an incentive to have their own kids and look after them. 
stop importing cheap labour for the big corporations and the government-run institutions like the NHS because you're not running them right. They're a bloody shambles. Laymen could do better. We really could. So that's my my take on the diet thing, which I really want to yeah, talk about I... getting it round. Families are unaffordable, and that is wrong. They're not doing that in Hungary, and they're not doing it in Poland. Hello? Wake up, Westminster, because you are asleep at the wheel. Yeah, June, I don't think it's necessarily about whether women will you know, going to find it easier to get pregnant or not. The reason I picked up on it is because um, it kind of shows that actually this move towards cutting meat out, towards veganism, um, it's not good for us. It's actually not good for us. And this is the world that, um, you know, the WEF want to create for us. They want us to eat fake meats, um, highly processed um, food from factories. Um, and um, they want us to eat the bugs, um, June. Well, I won't be doing it. And at the end of the day, I don't think anything that's forced upon you is good for you. Choice is liberating. Choice of where you live, how you live, where you work, what you eat. That's our decisions. That's not a government. And that certainly isn't Bill Gates. I mean, they threw the wrong part of him away when he was born, didn't they? Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right there, um, June. It is about choice. And that's what they're trying to take away from us, because what they're basically saying is, you know, stop eating these animals and these whole foods, which just grow in the fields. You know, they just grow. Um, they're trying to stop us eating that and destroy those food farming systems and then replace it with their own so it gives them control over us it's actually exactly what you're saying there that's what the plan is to take control away from us and put it into their hands yeah well unfortunately this has a massive effect on africa because like the power crazed lunatic that was in charge of holland wants to diminish farming Everybody knows that Holland feeds most of Africa. It's, it's a massive input there. So how can you be bothered on the one? Just answer me this. How can you be bothered on the one hand that you're, you're so concerned, like with Bill Gates, oh, we've got a new vaccine, that new vaccine, we're going to take a vaccine to Africa. Uh, yeah, let's go, and in, let's go and inject them, but we can't get any fresh water to them. Colonel Gaddafi managed to get fresh water to them. Colonel Gaddafi put a pipeline in. Oh, that's too complicated, that. Fresh water, the staple form of human survival is water. And if you got clean water to more people, they'd have a better chance of fighting infection. They won't need your contoctions sticking in their arm. Plus the fact they've used vaccines uh, surreptitiously in the past. So I, don't, I just think the world has gone absolutely bonkers on every level. You know what I wish, June? Is he watching? Is he still watching? He's still there somewhere. But but, but, (laughs) do you know what, June? I would actually, if I had a time machine, do you know what I'd do now, right now? I would um, take us back to the 70s um, so that you could tell your younger self to get on that political stage um, and start (laughs) telling these buggers what to do. (laughs) So you'd have me back in platform shoes, would you, and wet look boots and hot pants? Oh no, we've lost June My again. Oh, this is I'm back. here. I'm here. I'm here. You're there. You're there. Okay. I'm, I'm here. Right. Um, June. No, I don't want to go back to the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the seventies were all right. Seventies and eighties were probably the best two decades we've had in the last 50, 60 years. 
Well, no, not for me living at home with my parents with hiding from bills and, and dodging the bloody coal man. No, thanks. I don't want to go back to the 70s at all. I much prefer... I'd, I like what I've built up for myself here and now, and I just wish the government would get their hands off it. Stop telling me what to eat and what to pay into and net zero and stupid councillors that I know that are buying into this net zero stuff because they get funding from central government because they want to blow that on something else. Because people who are in control of the purse strings aren't fit to budget. Amen to that. Um, Mark Parkinson, he's still there. He said, um, see, the 70s. He said, told you so. <laughs> right. Anyway, June, June, I want to get this other story in before we go to the break. Um, so um, and I know you've got strong views on this. Um, Farage, I don't want to talk about the jungle, but. I do find it curious that just as Reform UK is actually becoming a threat to the Tories, as was UKIP, that the British establishment suddenly are all over Farage. You know, he's obviously been put in the jungle here to uh, brighten up his, um, um, you know, his brand. Um, and even Rishi Sunak has said that he would be welcome in the Conservative Party. What do you make for this? Um, I just think it's a load of hot air. I just don't think it means anything at all. Nigel's gone in the in the jungle for one reason, 1.5 million quid if it's true, and who can blame him? They've cut out his political section where he's talking about the NHS because the audience that's watching the jungle haven't really got the capacity to be bothered over what's going on in the NHS. They'd rather listen to somebody off TikTok who's overweight, opinionated, and a bit thick. So unfortunately, I'm overweight, by the way, so I'm not knocking her for that. Um, so the thing is, they've catered to their audience. I don't think they've cut him out for any other reason than they would anticipate that the bulk of the audience would find him talking about that um, boring. It wouldn't have been because he would have made it interesting, is that sort of person. Um, they let Hancock wax lyrical because little baby Hancock, kinderwinkle again, da, da, da. Um, I think he made it all about him, didn't it? Because he's too narcissistic. He didn't talk about things. He talked about how he fell in love with Gina, how, oh, yes, you know, you have to have your weddings cancelled, but I'm in love, so it's all right for me to deep-throat someone in Westminster when I shouldn't have even been near her because she's from another household. So he kind of turned it around onto what he wanted to do, a bit like I've just done now, really, because um, I didn't want to talk about Farage. Um, I don't... Does it matter? I don't think... Um, I don't think it matters what's being said now. And the, I'll take reform more seriously if Ben Abib was running it. The one man in, in French yeah, politics yeah. who could actually run the country is Ben Habib. He's got the capabilities. Yeah, yeah but I saw, I saw a poll on Twitter, and it was one of those polls where it's difficult to kind of – because obviously, you know, it's a self-selected um, sample when you run it on. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're going out, the person putting out is going out to the people who support Reform UK. And it was basically, who do you want to leave the part, lead the party? Was it Farage, Ben Habib or Richard Tice? Richard Tice ended up, and there were a lot of votes on this. It was in the thousands. I forget exactly how many, but Richard Tice got about 4 or 5%. Um, ben Habib, I think it was around 39%. And then Farage um, was led the poll um, with the rest. But I do agree with you on Ben. He is a genuine person with integrity. I would love to see him leading Reform UK. Right, to finish up on, on this segment, June, do you think there is any possibility at all that in the future we could see a Prime Minister Farage? Uh, I think it's very, very doubtful, but not impossible. Fun. 
Fantastic. Okay, right. Don't go anywhere, June. Um, we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, me and June will be joined by Kelvin from Counterspin Media, who has worked with the whistleblower in New Zealand. Um, in fact, he was with him yesterday after he got out of court. Um, Kelvin has been instrumental um, in making sure this story got out along with Liz Gunn. So he'll be with us straight after this short break. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned with me, James Freeman and June Slater on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that there's 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. Asthma is a growing problem, especially among children. Asthma affects the quality of life for millions like me every single day. My name is Chris Draft, and I have asthma. And I've spent more than a decade in the NFL tackling asthma on and off the field. Join me and the EPA in helping people control their asthma. Asthma is a lung condition that can be controlled through medication and by avoiding things that can make it worse. Three steps are the solution to controlling asthma. Step one, talk to a doctor. Step two, make a plan. And step three, get rid of things that can make it worse. Asthma can be tackled. For more information on asthma, log on to epa.gov asthma. James Freeman on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Right. Okay. Well, I'm delighted to be welcoming back um, Kelvin from Counter Spin Media. Him and Hannah were on the show. Oh, God, seems like an age away um, now, Kelvin. I can't remember. Um, but welcome back to the show. Hello, Kelvin. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Right. Now, Kelvin, um, as I've already announced um, to the viewers, um, you, I think, have been instrumental in this breaking of this whole story. You've done it pretty much from sort of behind the scenes. Liz Gunn um, was the journalist who um, announced it all, but you've been instrumental. Um, I know that you've spent quite a bit of time with the whistleblower um, personally recently um, after he got out of jail. Tell us, first of all, um, give us an update on the whistleblower um, himself. How is he feeling? What does he make of what's happened now? Well, he's in good spirits. Um, he's, I can tell you now, he's a, a man with a lot of integrity, just like Liz Gunners. Um, he is determined. And the reason he blew the whistle was to save lives. That was his, his sole motivation was to save lives. He saw what was happening with the data. He even took it to people in 2021, say, hey, there's some alarming signals here. Um, some people in the so-called freedom movement in New Zealand, um, 
were working, but they never actually put anything over the line. Uh, when you approached Liz Gunn about eight, just about eight, eight or nine weeks ago, um, she took the bull by the horns and she made it all happen. Uh, we came in with her because we do a lot of work with her and we amplified it with your people like yourself, uh, Maria Zivazi Media, Alex Jones, and um, um, Hannah, of course, doing a lot behind the scenes. Uh, and of course, our good folk from United Free Press amplifying the message, and that's uh, much appreciated as well. I think that's got to be done because mainstream media or legacy media, let's not call them mainstream because they're pretty much out of a job now. We we are the media now. Um, they're the ones who are who really deserve all the credit, Liz especially. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Calvin, um, how has this been reported in New Zealand? Obviously, we saw the stories coming out about how, you know, this was all about privacy, somebody's stolen data and the big concern about privacy. No concern about, well, you know, is are, are the conclusions that are coming from the data correct? How is it being um, portrayed at the moment? Is it just disappeared from um, from the legacy media or are they still talking about it? Well, they're talking about it. Um they've actually started what, what we expected which was a full-on assault and of course um every heading usually is conspiracy theorist well i'm telling you we, we need to start finding new conspiracies because every single one we've been bringing up has been correct so um if we want to go on a track record i think we the people are far ahead of um legacy media and calvin what do you think because obviously you know there's a steve kirsch for example in the us um he's done a lot, a lot of analysis he's still standing behind um i mean obviously we know the data's real right because the government has announced it um in new zealand but he's still That's standing really behind the yeah he's still standing behind the conclusions from it but we are seeing others online starting to muddy the waters for example these um clusters of deaths um i've seen people doing analysis it was printed in the daily skeptic in the in the uk that actually that was just because it was a palliative care type care home um what can you say about the validity of the conclusions themselves well i've personally seen it myself so um the just to be clear the the data that was released was anonymized there was no identifying um information there relating to any patient so you couldn't um find out who they were referring to at all it was just the trends that were put out and the statistics that would prove that there was something wrong and of course red flags all over the place now the cluster particular cluster they're talking about has about 51 or something now these are people who are all jabbed on exactly the same day over say a two-hour period and uh within a couple of months all are dead that's only one though what people have got to realize is there is multiple clusters in these places some far worse than others I mean, you've got in this data set, you've got 13 children on here. Now, children don't just die. There's always a reason for them to die. And if they've been jabbed, you can pretty much bet they're in good health until the jab came, and then all of a sudden they're dead. Now, try this particular database is, that was released was all the dead people. So over 36,800 of them. Now, the government's only admitting to four. That's why we want all of the data anonymized and released so people can just have at it have all the statisticians every, everyone every mother and a, her son who, who thinks they're an expert and you find them on x a lot um just to do their own analysis steve kirsch of course was brought in by this gun um and then uh other people like andrew Britton, he was he he came board and everyone started looking at norman fenton um and all those a lot of people throughout the world i think dr shiva and um 
the US has it as well. Uh, but again, anonymized data. He breached no privacy. And before he actually let, before he released the data, he'd actually contacted the members of parliament in here in New Zealand to all their contact addresses. He also sent that same data, uh, the, the same um, uh, red flag signal, say, hey, there's a problem here, to his bosses before he released the data. N all that they can do is try to shut him up. And of course, um, Jacinda Ardern, the World Economic Forum puppet, probably arguably one of our worst prime ministers we've ever had to endure, um, is doing her best through her Christchurch calls. Remember, she's the one who wants to censor the internet and anyone who doesn't agree with her, that one source of truth, um, you're going down digitally. And that's, this is the game they're playing. This guy wanted to save lives. He, he was beside himself. He couldn't do it any longer. And he came out and did just that. And I think he's a damn hero. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100% there. I'll pass over to June in a second, see if she's got any questions for you. But um, before we do that, Kelvin, I'm just wondering, do excess deaths get mentioned at all in New Zealand um, on the legacy media? Um, and, you know, what is the government saying about it in, in any stories that are being reported on? Well, according to most legacy media, there's nothing to see here. Um, yet even the health authorities admit in the last hundred years, we've got more all-cause uh, mortality rates than ever before. So you've got some saying, well, yeah, there is, but then they put it down to all these other talking points. Remember, this is well scripted. This has been scripted for a long time before this even rolled out. The New Zealand government knew that this jab was neither safe nor effective before the very first jab was given in this country. We have absolute proof of that through Official Information Act requests. Um, so they sold the people a bill of goods for something that did not exist. And we've stated that from the start, and now that's all coming out. This is um, the dam's burst, and there's a flood coming. And anyone who's on the wrong side of history is going to get swept away. This is not going to go quietly. No one's got this. This isn't a flame that you can fan, uh, that, that you can just dampen down. People are fanning the flames, and the people are sick to death of a criminal syndicate laughingly masquerading as, as a, a government running this country. The courts rubber stamp yeah. their tyranny and the police run cover for them. We have criminals running this country and it's about the time the people stood up and took it all back. Yeah. And Calvin, when I was, I had Tommy Robinson on the show this week and we talked about the fact that people are starting to wake up, um, even if they don't know all about this global conspiracy, um, because they're starting to see people that have been injured by the jabs people who suddenly after having three you know boosters whatever that they've been ill over the last couple of years is that same whispering are you seeing that in new zealand at the moment uh yeah i think you'll find there's a mass awakening going on even the there's a lot of people we've got to put the jab people into two categories the ones who are coerced now, of course, Chris Hipkins came out and, um, not long ago and he said, well, no one was forced to take it. That's that's an outright lie. Here they said, if, there, if there's a negative uh, negative consequences to a choice, it ain't a choice. It's like playing Russian roulette with a shotgun. You are going to get hit with a pallet. Now, he, the, these people said, you don't go anywhere. You don't talk to your friends. You don't have a job if you don't take this poison. And that's exactly what it is. It is a poison. It is killing people. Uh, the data that was released show a worldwide trend that's going on. It is in every country. I mean, you got Iceland now. Excuse me if, the, if you can hear that. Uh, that that's my son. He's, uh, he's a little bit upset at the moment. Um, so the, the worldwide trends are the same. New Zealand's data is no different. 
We are suffering just like Australia, just like the UK and everywhere else. Israel probably one of the worst, um, and it, and it's 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 not stopping, and and it's going yeah. to get worse because the remember this this has a lead time. You get jabbed now. It's like let's, let's take a scenario of a bus full of people. You put in a, a spray, and you poison them all. Some will succumb straight away, others over time, but they're all going to die. This is the same sort of scenario, unless yeah, they got and we a are seeing that was a little better. Yeah, and we are seeing that same trend all around the world. Um, June, I'm going to hand over to you because I know you know you like me. I've got very very strong opinions on what's happened with these injections. Um, what would you like to um ask Calvin, or what would you like to say about all of this? <laughs> I'd just like to say that Calvin's got a really good point because you can't call it a choice when you keep taking things away from people, including their job and their freedom, and call that a choice till you get them to say yes. And people were coerced, and I don't think we should we should hold that against them because living in the West, you anticipate you have a good government because they're not dictatorships, they're not there by uh, false means, and they're giving foreign aid to countries that need it. So we are the good guys. That's how we see ourselves. That's how the nation sees themselves. And they did the right thing. They, they, they played a blinder because they listened to you know, behavioural scientists. They worked on the elderly first, the ones that would be tend to be more in agreement. They did it because they were proud to do it for their country. And then the other tier of people who did it because they wanted to travel. So everybody had skin in the game. And that's what they've done. The care workers, prime example, 40,000 sacked without ceremony. They've done nothing wrong, nothing wrong with their employment. Um, even the patients and uh, residents in these homes didn't want them to leave. But because people were afraid of going against the government, and unfortunately, they're still trying to run us with that fear. And every country, New Zealand in particular, our country as well, have the most inept, incompetent, uncaring, sadistic set of MPs who are ignoring obvious science. <clears throat> when you're getting people who are getting sicker and sicker and they normally test a drug for 10 years, People try and say, oh, well, they did it on the back of all the research they did for SARS too. That's not good enough because they didn't get anywhere with it. <clears throat> so now, getting nowhere Calvin, forward. Your, your, um, um, I love the photo, by the way, quickly, very, very quickly. Where was that photo from, the one where you're facing off all of those mean-looking cops with big guns? That was outside the uh, Christchurch uh, court because we were our last on your show, I think it was because we were arrested for uh, daring to share a link to a UK-based foreign, uh, yeah, a, a foreign website from us, a UK-based documentary uh, website that was investigating, like we are, the scam that is the Christchurch massacre. Yeah, now I can see in that photo that you... I, I wouldn't like to be on the other side of that lineup against you there, Calvin. Um, so listen, drop your journalist um, um, sort of face just for a second. What do you really think and feel? And by the way, you, you're allowed to swear. Uh, um, what do you really think about these people that have done this to us? Evil. I suppose that's really the one word that just sums them all up. These people are bought and paid for. We've got political whores in Parliament. We've got prostitutes masquerading as legacy media. Um, we have, uh, like I said, um, police running cover for them. 
we've, they've basically cut off any redress that people have. These people over time have taken incremental bites out of the uh, rights and freedoms of people. They always tell us it's for our safety or they make it sound so logical and so plausible. But what people don't realize is there's a master plan here. So they take a bit from here, a bit from here. They affect this group over here and this group over here. And when someone starts to catch on, they use the power and resources of the state to go after them and try to completely and utterly wreck them. They've done that with us uh, when we right, got Calvin, raided. I'm going to have to stop you there because we yeah. have run out of the time, but a perfect way to end the show. They are evil, ladies and gentlemen. Without a doubt. 